0: Do. i think we did a lot of good today i mean I, I think we we well i mean we talked about the constitution a lot and you know blah 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 but i also solved the f-35 missing jet uh, that was a profound moment it was and was, uh, it was. was that all
1: off the top of your head all you off say? the top of my
0: head yeah uh you're not going to hear this anywhere else this is not on the internet or anything yet um but i think when you hear the proof I mean, who, what, what happened to it? Who really caused it? Oh, oh. we know. We know. Oh, we know. Oh, and now you will. we know. You will know soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, just listen to today's podcast. Um, but we also uh, went through a lot of different things. What's happening in California today? We also had um, uh, Representative Wenstrup on from Ohio. He's talking about the whistleblower at the CIA that said, yeah, they... Uh, They bribed people to say that it wasn't a lab leak for COVID. We have an independent journalist that's now facing jail time and perhaps a lot of jail time just for being in the Capitol for filming it, not doing anything, just filming it. And Todd Benzman talks more about the colony in Houston that is the size of the District of Columbia. And we go over some of the stats, the 15 states now that are much smaller than just the 2 million that came in across our borders in Joe Biden's first two years. They're bigger now, much bigger in most cases than 15 states. All of that and more on today's podcast. Here it is.
2: To the best of the Glenn Beck program.
0: Your basic rights are under attack, and I can't, I can't tell you. Every day I look at the news, uh, and uh, and I urge you, if you have not subscribed to my free email newsletter, please do that. You'll get it every morning. Uh, it is all of the show prep that I look at. We, it takes us, you know, 21 hours to put it all together. Right after the show, we begin looking for the stories that we're going to talk about today. I am getting to fewer and fewer of these stories every day, which is really frustrating because I'd say 90% of them are really important for you to be aware of and understand. Um, but I can't get to all of them on a three-hour show. I urge you to please sign up for my free email newsletter at glennbeck.com. Uh, you, you should read this every day. Anyway, it's, it's free. So your rights are under attack, and I want to start in California with an alar- alarming new law that thinks it can override decades of Supreme Court precedents for the protection of parental rights. The question is, who owns the children? Who is responsible for the children? Is it the parent, which has been this way for thousands of years, except in communist China and communist uh, soviet union and communist countries that's it for 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 as long as man has roamed the earth parents are responsible for their children but not in california they want to force parents to affirm their trans children or else It is a terrifying intrusion of government into the home and a major warning sign of even more tyranny to come. Now, I want to show you this is the uh, the ATF, uh, the American Federation of Teachers, uh, Randy Weingarten. This is her talking about parental rights. Cut one.
1: Those same words that you heard in terms of. Um. Wanting segregation post Brown v. Board of Education, those same words you hear today. It's not, you know, I, I was I was kind of godsmacked when I was on the I was talking to Southern Poverty Law Center, and they showed me <laughs> the same words: huh. choice, um, parental rights, and attempt to divide parents versus teachers. In that point, it was white parents versus. Um, Other parents, but it's the same kind of words.
0: Yeah, those words, you know, they come they come together a a lot of times in all kinds of different scenarios. So she's talking to the Southern Poverty Law Center. One of the most disreputable uh, centers out there. It is it is nothing but a leftist organization that is doing the bidding of the left and trying to uh whitewash whatever they want whitewash and smeared whatever they need smeared so the southern poverty law center showed her parental rights akin to segregation here's an lgbt activist cut two such thing as parental rights it's not recognized in law. It's not in the charter. doesn't exist. Children's rights, however, are recognized and have been for a very long time. Parents have responsibility, which is recognized in the law, but no rights. If your child does not <laughs> want to tell you something about them, that's your problem. Okay, here's another one. Not here's the government, activist not number two
1: of this idea of parents rights that parents have a right to know they have a right to know if their child is going by a different name or using different pronouns in school and the thing that keeps hitting me about this is that parents don't have rights not parents rights kids have rights
0: okay stop so you hear this now let me just um, let me just ask you do you remember when the left was so upset if you talked about anything in school that had anything to do with God. You had to have an opt out until until the final straw was just chasing everything out. You couldn't do it teacher couldn't keep a bible on her desk not sharing it just something that she was reading do you remember this case she would read it during lunchtime the kids were out of her uh, classroom and she would read it and that was not right had to stop parental rights you didn't need to write this down before because we weren't this insane before Parental rights. Can you imagine saying to the left, you don't have a right to know what I'm teaching and what I'm doing? If your child comes home and uh, they say, by the way, I'm a Christian, I'm a devout Christian, I learned it at school. You, mom and dad, you're an atheist. I've already turned you into the school. And if you say anything to me, they can take me out of the home. See, you have to look at it from all scenarios. You have to look at it from every aspect. We, You remember when we said the government has no place in anyone's marriage. Do not redefine marriage because then you have to redefine everything. And everybody said, that's ridiculous. And now we're redefining everything. We, we're in the insane world. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. And parents have got to stand up. Now, let me tell you two other things that are going on. Uh, In California, you also have uh, California now struggling. They can't pay their unemployment insurance because they've been in in the hole forever with this. They've been taking out low-interest loans from us, the United States government. Your tax dollars have gone to pay for the unemployment insurance of the state of California because they can't balance a budget. They can't get it done. So they're paying us low interest on the loans. Do you think that's ever going to be paid back? No. Here's what they're doing now. California's far-left government is now working with the Biden administration to bail out striking Hollywood actors on your dime. This is happening. California's ultra liberal leaders are on the verge of giving unemployment payments now to striking Hollywood actors and writers. Both houses of the legislature passed a bill to that effect this week. It only needs Governor Gavin Newsom's signature. And do you think he's not going to sign that? So here's what you have. You have unions who are taking all of this money from all of their union members. And part of the deal is, if you have a job and the union says we got a strike, then you're going to get a portion of your pay, the union will help you out, but you can't get unemployment insurance because you are employed. All you have to do is go back to work. If you're paying people to strike from the union and also get unemployment insurance, you can strike forever. See, the idea is which one's going to fold first? Is it going to be the labor union or is it going to be the business? Which one's going to, and it hurts both sides. And so both are incentivized to get to the table. Would you be for bailing out the giant Hollywood moguls and the studios? I wouldn't be for that. No. You can't make it work. You can't make it work. It's your choice. Okay. So why are we bailing out the union workers? Why are we bailing out California, who now cannot make its own payments on insurance for everybody else, unemployment insurance? Can't do it. They're in the hole. Now they want to add unions to that. And what happens? When it happens in California, you think it's not going to happen in Michigan? You are going to be paying for the unions. But that's what happens when you have over $2 billion going into Joe Biden's campaign from the labor unions. He's the most labor-friendly president of all time. By the way, so you get Gavin Newsom's signature, that's happening Then what has to happen? Well, then it's just because it's it's administration. So does the president need to act? No, it's in the secretary's purview. So the secretary of labor has to make this decision on how to spend our tax dollars. So the secretary of labor has to prove uh, personally approve the request. Now, who is this? Well, she's the acting secretary for the administration because the Congress won't approve her. So they're just going ahead with it anyway. Just go ahead, take the job, and you're just acting. You're not actually the secretary. Why won't Congress approve her? Because she was the one who came from California... And was in charge of the state's unemployment program. She oversaw $32 billion in fraudulent payments during the pandemic. Time for a promotion. That's my red line. My red line has always been, I am not bailing out California. I'm not bailing it out. I'm not bailing out any of these states. I've always wanted to live in California. You know why I didn't? Because it was insane. I knew it wouldn't work. I didn't want to spend all of my money living, paying for taxes for things that I knew would only make society worse and knew that it would collapse at some point. So I never got the beach of California and yet now i have to pay for their mistakes how do you feel about that alabama how do you feel about that michigan you probably like it at least if you're a politician because you know your state's gonna need it another reason not to live in chicago it wouldn't work this is the best of the glenn beck program and we really want to thank you for listening uh let's see congressman wenstrup how are you sir i'm hanging in there how are you doing (laughs) well i'm good Uh, first of all i just want to uh let people know you are a doctor um you're also an army reserve officer and iraqi war veteran uh thank you for that um you were on the select subcommittee of the coronavirus pandemic you have you know served as a doctor um you know overseas you also were at walter reed for a while uh, and you are the medical policy advisor for the Chief of Army Reserve, correct?
2: Yes, actually, uh, retired from the Army in, in December, but okay. uh, since I was elected to Congress 11 years ago, I've served at Walter Reed and as a medical
0: policy advisor, as okay. well, obviously, as a
2: congressman, and a congressman on the Intelligence Committee. Okay,
0: so now, tell the story to the American people, in case they don't know, about what is going on, Uh, with the CIA and this bribe to the so-called experts.
2: Yes. I mean, a little background as a physician, uh, ever since the pandemic started, I'm looking into what's going on physiologically. How do we treat patients? But in that process of doing research discovered that uh, we were actually engaging with China uh, in a lab in Wuhan to right. create gain-of-function viruses. That being said, uh, with Intel Committee, I've been involved with this for, for the past three years, at least, and uh, what had happened now is we have somebody coming forward as a whistleblower seeking full whistleblower protections, and that means, he, at this time, he wants to be anonymous. He came to both the Intelligence Committee and to the Select Subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic, w- with which I chair. And he's made many allegations. Obviously you summed up a lot of them, but there was the CIA in trying to figure out uh, whether this came from a lab or from nature, put together a COVID discovery team, if you will, seven people, as you talked about. So six of the people, they came to the conclusion with some level of confidence that this came from a lab. And the senior person, according to these uh, charges, said it came from nature. Okay, well, you're entitled to your opinion. But what they ended up doing at the end of the day, releasing to the public and to the intelligence community, all they said was the CIA was unable to determine. Well, it sounds like they had a pretty high number of people that were able to determine as best as they know it. It is our responsibility on this committee to follow up on everything to do with the Um, with the pandemic. We take it very seriously. The reaction from the CIA has been very serious. So we're now seeking documents, communications, and we also have asked to speak with um, Andrew Macritus, who the whistleblower says was the chief operating officer and had a lot to do with constructing this. I hope that the director of CIA will be cooperative with us. Um, But, you know, you hit the big question. Why? I mean, why would they want to do that? I mean, this goes to back to where Fauci prompted, I'm using their words, prompted a group of scientists to write what's known as proximal origins. Mm -hmm. Where in their internal documents, they're saying, oh, yeah, they're doing this type of research in China. Oh, yeah, they they have this capability. Uh, Oh, yeah, this, this really is something. And then they come out and say it came from nature and tries to make that definitive why are we not having a scientific debate what is the reason for attempting to steer everything in one direction and here's one of my concerns glenn and i think you'll appreciate this if this is true and we have for political reasons or whatever changing uh, the uh, notion of changing intelligence uh what does that say to our international partners who rely on us for intelligence, who we work with together on intelligence, if our own intelligence department is changing things from what people actually did and said to fit a narrative that they want. Well, not a
0: concern. I have not just that. Um, you know, you would imagine that in some cases you would say, hey, let's not release that to anybody. But this is changing things Uh, For the intelligence, the oversight, you guys are you guys are engaged in oversight and they didn't tell you this. A whistleblower had to come and tell you this.
2: Right. And I would and I would contend that if we didn't have Republicans in charge of the House of Representatives, it wouldn't have come forward at all. Um, So this person had an opportunity to go to somebody that would seemingly would listen uh, as, as a whistleblower, and, and we are. And so we're pursuing this. we send sent our letters out. That's the first phase of requesting information, documents. You know, And we don't get them, then we dig a little bit deeper, and we ask a little harder, and sometimes in the form of a subpoena. Uh,
0: so they do we know if they actually paid these other experts, these six people out of seven?
2: Yeah. So in in the allegations, I would say that the uh, conjecture is that it may have come in the form of a performance bonus, not just out and out. Hey, do this, and here's some here's some money. If you if you're following that, but yeah. it's the same net
0: effect, right? Right. And do we have any idea how much? This is taxpayer dollars, right? Oh, correct. And no, we don't know how much. And again, that's
2: part of the investigation and. We're obligated to do it. I mean, we don't, we don't really have a choice. This is what we should be doing. You know, keep in mind that, uh, and co- I have to remind members of Congress this too, Congress created these agencies and we fund those agencies and we have oversight over these agencies. So not only do I have to remind members of Congress, we certainly have to remind the agencies that this needs to be a, a working partnership and you don't get to not tell us things especially on the Intelligence Committee. The Intelligence Committee, for example, was set up so that there would be oversight over the intelligence uh, community. Uh, and, and, you know, this is a select committee, so the people on this committee, uh, which, by the way, is functioning well now and is no longer an impeachment committee, but uh, the Intelligence Committee, people are selected from uh, both sides of the aisle. We also represent the other members of Congress because we're in a place where other members don't get to go. So um, it's an important role that we have, and the cooperation needs to be there. And sometimes uh, the community, the intelligence community, thinks they don't have to tell us things, and it's in statute that they do. So we will continue to pursue and find the truth, and we have to suggest or legislate things into law that allow us to hold people accountable within agencies when they do things. And I use the example like this, Glenn, you know, in the military— I served 25 years, we have the UCMJ, Uniform Code of Military Justice. Unethical is unlawful in the military. In our agencies, um, unfortunately, and this is across the board, but in our agencies, uh, if you violate some of your tenants or what you say are the rules rules, of engagement within your agency, nothing really happens to you. Oh, you might get fired and then go work at CNN. Yeah. But, you know, there, this, is, this is a problem that we have. And so we are trying on so many fronts uh, to put punitive measures in place when violations are occurring, uh, such as with the FISA court, et cetera. You know, the IG said 17 times things were violated. Well, what actually happens? Where's the punitive measures? We're trying to implement those.
0: So do you I mean, is there a way out from the I mean, your Justice Department looks horribly soiled your uh, NSA, your CIA, your DNI, all of these things look like they've been a part of some really bad things, including the State Department now the irs is involved how are you possibly going to beat this i mean it's like whack-a-mole
2: yeah so uh, you know on my particular subcommittee what i keep saying and have said since the beginning is honesty and truth is non-negotiable and we're going to be looking for it and we're going to make sure that it is there but if it's not there we're going to point it out and hold people accountable we have to
0: but you can't excuse me for interrupting but you can't really hold people responsible if you say that they're in contempt of congress attorney general garland is the one who has to prosecute and he just came out and said i'm not the prosecutor for congress well yes you are but he gets to decide who he prosecutes
2: yeah. And and obviously what you're seeing, I know I heard Jim Jordan's voice before I came on. Yeah. And obviously you're seeing all kinds of things where this is just wrong. And I don't know how we get it out to the American public because most people don't know. You know, obviously I have the opportunity right now to get to your, to your listeners and that's important. But there are things that are going on today that should be above the fold front page headlines each and every day. And the mainstream media isn't covering. So our challenge is definitely greater uh, <clears throat> and elections matter. And I hope people understand that. And, uh, you know, I grew up watching Superman where they began each show fighting for truth, justice in the American way. Right. And, and, and that's where we have to go. And America has to decide if that's what they want or, or not, because it's been deviated from tremendously. And let me make this suggestion, too, <clears throat> for our agencies. You know, in the military, you either move up or you're out and and you're required to be agnostic politically. And that's what we need in our agencies. You either move up or you're out. And when you get to the top, there's a mandatory retirement. <clears throat> you don't get to sit there with mounds of authority and covert authority, if you will. And, and we've got to make changes like that within our system. Uh, we started our country with just uh, three three agencies, state, treasury, and War. And look what we have now. I know. They have rule of law. They they, pass, they put out regulations. We try to pass laws to stop them. It's completely backwards. So America needs to understand to elect people that are willing to make that change and get us back to the government that our founders set up.
0: Representative Brad Wenstrup, uh, thank you very much for what you're doing. Keep, please keep us informed if if there's any other news that starts to break here about uh, the, the CIA apparently, uh, bribing members of, uh, the team, the experts on COVID. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for your concern. You bet. Let me talk to you about car shield in the age of smart technology. I mean, why would they do that Stu?
1: It just all you can do is shake your head. Yeah. It's incredible.
0: And they're doing it just because they're protecting other people. And themselves and other people in, uh, in high-ranking positions. It's, it's grotesque what we've become. We are so close to Mexico or Venezuela. We're, we're, there. we're going there. It's where we're going. If Americans don't stand up and stop this and tell them, you know, we're not voting for you unless you change these things. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. Todd Bensman, uh, Bensman is uh, joining us now. He's from the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. He's a senior fellow. He has been talking about this colony in Houston that is getting all kinds of really special breaks. If you want to, uh, you know, buy a house there, and you don't have any documentation uh, at all. Todd, welcome. Great to be here. Thank you. Tell me what is happening here.
1: Well, the this particular community sprung up. It really started about 10 years ago, small, uh, a developer figured out a way there's no law against selling to illegal immigrants. Uh, if you're financing it yourself, you don't even need to ask for their credit rating or a history of in, income or any, any of the normal things to buy land. And long about 2017 it exploded. I mean, just you know, thousands and thousands of people, Spanish speakers, mostly from Mexico, Central America, Cuba, uh, really mostly Spanish speaking. That's where the marketing is. And now uh, there are probably on the order of 75,000 people that live in that area of about 60 square miles. Uh, And the majority of them, if you talk to people who live there and the immigrants themselves, as I have, uh, knocking doors throughout that community. Most of them are here illegally and that's why they're attracted to this area. The other reason why they're attracted to this area is because, uh, they regard it as a safe zone, a no go zone where ice uh, will not tread. Local police don't like to go in there. They've been shot at firefighters. Don't go in there, uh, very thinly patrolled and all four cartels or at least four of the cartels are active there
0: this is insane just insane so you have cartels crime safe houses no-go zone you don't really know who's getting in who's banking this
1: well it's privately financed uh and as far as uh, you know like the daily wire just had a, a piece recently where they explored the question of legality and determined that you know What the developer is doing is legal. They're selling land to, uh, it's not up to them to determine whether you're illegally present. And uh, they're selling land to people owner financed. Uh, All you have to do is be willing to pay nine, 10, 12% interest on that loan, uh, which they're all willing to do because they can't get a regular bank loan. Uh, And then they put up whatever kind of ramshackle house or you know, sometimes they're nice brick homes. But uh, the whole area is sort of without ordinance uh, or code enforcement, uh, which I think is also one of the things that is appealing about it. You just buy the land, and then you figure out how you're going to live on it.
0: Like some Uh, people have tents, I'm told. Yeah, there there are tents. There are, you know, single-wide
1: trailers. There are just, you know, structures built out of leftover construction material, like, you know, you name it. And then there are some really nice brick stately brick homes here and there, too. Um, Not everybody who lives there is an illegal immigrant. Uh, When I was knocking doors uh, through the area, I did run across some U.S.-born citizens who just said, you know, uh, we like having a little bit of land, and it's cheap out here, so we don't mind living out here. But many, even they, uh, would tell me that most everybody around them is an illegal immigrant. And I did meet some illegal immigrants who bought that land And they told me that the appeal of it was that, first of all, you know, it's ultimately cheaper to even pay those high interest rates uh, than to rent an apartment somewhere as an illegal, because there's usurious rents get charged on illegals if you, you know, try to rent in a regular apartment complex. But this way, ultimately, the monthly is lower. Uh, And but if they miss a few payments. Uh, the landowner can take it back and resell it. And they often do. It's got one of the highest foreclosure rates in the nation. This uh, community, it's called Colonia Ridge or Colony Ridge. So right near uh, Plum, Te- Plum Grove, Texas and Cleveland, Texas. Uh,
0: so so this actually works out to be a very good deal. I mean, it sounds like Potterville uh, from, you know, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, so he can repossess or, or they can repossess uh the land so you got the land for a while you paid high interest rates but you've defaulted and just get out and he can sell it again over and over and over and over again
1: yeah very very high foreclosure rates in that that area one of the highest in the nation i believe it's a top 10 or 15 in the nation for that uh, but you know the real issue is to me, there is that there's a homeland security problem uh, because it's very thinly patrolled. They, they have a, a four or five bilingual officers that are uh, attached to the Liberty County, Texas Sheriff's Department uh, for, you know, 100,000 people. And, um, you know, they, they do shift work. So there might be two on duty at any one time for a really big and surly sometimes community. Everybody's got guns. Uh, On a Saturday night, it sounds like the Battle of Fallujah out there. Everybody's firing their weapons. Of course, illegal immigrants are not allowed to own weapons. But there are cartels there, according to uh, Sheriff Greg Capers, uh, who lives in next door San Jacinto County and has declared a state of emergency from the migrant crisis. Uh, Murder rates are way up. And he says there are four different Sinaloa, Gulf, uh, Zenas, and um, New Jalisco are all present there running safe houses, marijuana grows, gambling operations, prostitution, safe houses for uh, the migrants that are coming over. And he said that he told me that on the record uh, that, you know, he calls ICE all the time. Hey, can you just come out and help? This is an ICE issue. And they just say, no, we're not, we, we don't do that.
0: So you already have seventy-seven thousand in this colony. It is the size of in in uh, in land. It's the size of Washington D.C. Uh, and how many people are coming to this place, you know, every year?
1: Well, uh, you know, I talked to the school superintendent. My book, my book that I published is called Overrun. The last chapter is dedicated to Liberty County, Texas, as emblematic of interior impacts and consequences from this mass migration crisis. The local school district was 3,400 a decade ago, K 12.
0: It's 13,000 now. Oh, my gosh. And, and I'm guessing the these people are not paying local taxes. Are they?
1: Well, actually, they, they in this particular case, uh, because they're owning property, uh, they, the school district oh, okay. does. does it, but it's not enough, and they're constantly asking for, uh, be, because you know one property might have three or four families on it, you know, um, and so I talked to the school superintendent about a week ago, and he said over the summer we had they had a twelve hundred student increase from the from the, the oh, spring to the. Gosh. The fall. and he says, we're getting about 150 a week still. They're just pouring in. We're absolutely and You know, the colony is absolutely expanding. I flew over it in a helicopter with a couple of congressmen uh, a few weeks ago. And I mean, to the horizon is clear cutting going on, clearing land and laying down roads and plats for uh, hundreds and hundreds of new lots. Clearly. Uh, The property developer is very bullish on the future, and I'm guessing it's because he's looking at what's going on at our southern border and seeing dollar
0: signs. So, Todd, what, I mean, what effect, because this is not just in Houston, Texas. This is everywhere, everywhere in America. What is the effect uh, of, of letting so many people in? How long does this last wow. before we collapse?
1: I mean, all you have to do is look at New York City, Chicago, Denver. Uh, I just had a call from somebody out in Massachusetts, uh, you know, Washington, D.C. Uh, cities across the nation are absolutely staggering under the unfunded burden of this mass migration crisis. Uh, the immigrants are just pouring in to cities by the tens of thousands a month, and they've got nothing. So they're saying, take care of me. And the cities and states are, you know, don't, don't, they don't have the budget. They didn't budget. Nobody budgeted for a thing like this. And they're going to go into schools. And, I mean, most of them have children. Are, I mean, you look at your local school districts first and start asking, why are they asking me for a bond election to spike my tax rate again for schools? Uh, but also, you know, nobody is insured. So they're, you know, I mean, the healthcare systems wherever you are, whatever state you are, uh, are in the are going to be in the red. I guarantee you. Go check, check the health of your local healthcare hospital networks and systems, and see if they're not in the red right now. They are all across America, um, and it's going to go on like that. And the crime, uh, I mean, we yeah I know. Colony, yeah okay. Well, I mean, I, I could go on and on about that. I mean, horrendous, horrendous, horrific. Uh, atrocities that are uh, the kind of crimes that are going on. I mean, Liberty County used to be a place where it was like Otis got thrown in jail on Saturday night, you know. Right. Or there might be a meth knucklehead here and there, right. you know. But now you have crimes like, you know, the guy next door walks over with his AR and slaughters a family of Hondurans, all five of them, including the kids. Oh, my gosh. Or oh you have. Gosh. um, one, one guy uh, chained two uh, women up in his trailer and uh, sexually abused them uh, until he killed them both uh, and they, you know, dumped their bodies. Uh, well, one of them escaped, tried to escape in a car and didn't make it, and he shot her in the car and burned her up in it. That kind of stuff is going on over there. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they just caught uh, the cops about 20 miles from, the, from uh, Colony Ridge. Uh, vehicle with 26 kilos of like high purity cocaine in it. Uh, there is heavy drug trafficking going on. There's uh, lots of murder, lots of criminality. And I think that's really what, what you have to watch for. I mean, at the very least, our cities and states need to police this and make sure that they've got pressure on those law enforcement, real law enforcement pressure on these communities to protect them and the rest of us from what's what's going on this I is, guess the bigger the big issue is whether this business model might be replicated by demand
0: oh, yeah, across yeah. the country. Oh it will be. Todd, thank you for everything that you do. Todd Benzman he is on the border this is his life. Uh, he's the author of a new book called overrun. The last chapter, as he said, is all about this, um, and this is coming.